0: to dig into today's episode with you. My gorgeous, hello, welcome to the show. I'm super excited for you to listen to today's episode. You know that I don't do many interviews, so that when I do, you best believe it's some of the most incredible people that I have met. And I have a deep desire for you to meet Miss Hannah and the gorgeous team from a lovely... I've connected with them because I used to send flowers and I was looking for a company that could do more. I was looking for something cool. I was looking for something innovative. And I don't even know how I came across Lovely and I fell in love. I loved how they did their packaging, how special it was. I loved their website, their values. They became my first ever sponsor as well because we had the little cojones to be like, hey, do you guys want to collaborate and work together? And these incredible women and their amazing team make the most beautiful arrangements, the most gorgeous gifts they deliver. Everything's local. Anyway, I want you to hear today's story because Hannah talks about how she is in the business of disrupting the gifting and making your day industry. She talks about how her and her partner have lived far away from family and found it really hard to be able to send them things and tell them they were thinking about them without it being like a flammable teddy bear or some ugly ass roses or something really expensive for nothing in return. She talks about how they pivoted in 2020 and it's been their most successful year yet and how they're killing it. They're absolutely smashing it as business women they are mothers they are incredible gorgeous hannah is going to share all of her amazing story today And if you haven't had a chance, head to the show notes, click the link and go and check them out. They have these beautiful gift packs they've just added on. I'm in love with them. I honestly love them and I appreciate the support that they've given to us at all of our live events. They're beautiful flowers and jars and personalization that they have. They've just made so many freaking days and I am beyond excited that you are going to get to hear from Hannah today. So without further ado, here is our episode. Hannah, welcome to the
1: podcast, finally. (laughs) Thank you, Erica. It's so nice to be here.
0: I'm so excited. We were meant to meet in person so that I could give you a proper squeeze. I
1: a hugger too. I love this.
0: <laughs> so at the time of recording this, we're in our bedrooms in lockdown, which is not fun, but we still got to have the chat. And um, I just want to say, first and foremost, anyone who doesn't know, uh, really happy to finally see your face. And thank you because of the beautiful business that you've built. Uh, and we've got to build a lovely relationship, lovely relationship. <laughs> Do you guys say lovely a lot? Because you it, do.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You> can't <laughs> yeah. get away from it. I
0: know, I know. My my podcast producer, who helped hook, hook all this up, was like, "They're so lovely at lovely," and she's like, "I know that's weird, but they're lovely." Um,
1: <laughs> and, and people always apologise it, but apologise for it too. But we no, we love it, right? It's yeah. part of the brand. The fact that it's such a kind of you know colloquial, yeah, um, you know, brand you can use it in different phrases. I think that's part of its charm, really. So I love yeah. I love hearing at you.
0: <laughs> so tell us about you, for anyone who doesn't know, tell us about what you do and a little bit of your background story.
1: Sure. So um, yeah, my name is Hannah Spilver. i co-founder and CEO of Lovely. We're an on-demand flower and gift delivery company. We've been around for about six years now. Um, personally, I'm from the UK, so <laughs> I was born and bred over there. I moved to Australia 11 years ago actually thinking I'd be here for 12 months I was coming for an adventure (laughs) in advertising at the time so I had sort of um, a decade of working in the creative industry over in the UK between Manchester and London and look this opportunity arose to um, with the company I was with a global network called McCann Ericsson to essentially move to Sydney and head up their digital offering so I jumped at the chance um, and Literally, I reckon within six months of being in Sydney, knew that 12 months was not going to be enough. (laughs) And nearly 12 months later, here I am um, living in Melbourne now with an Aussie husband, two kids, a business. So (laughs) yeah, I've got nothing but good things to say about um, my time here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So you came from your digital, like creative world. Do you kind of use that now in Lovely? Is that like that background that you originally started with, does that help you build this business now here that you have?
1: Oh, yeah, look, there's no doubt, I think. Um, so both Verity and I, so Verity is my co-founder in Lovely. Um, we both come from the creative industry. In fact, that's how we met. So we're working mm. in age. agency in Sydney together she was heading up the client services team and I was heading up strategy and I think um, certainly from my perspective you know working in creativity and some sort of developing strategy for clients you problem solving is your job yeah um, I was sort of a professional problem solver by trade <laughs> yeah so I think that um, skill set absolutely sends you in really good stead moving into I guess the entrepreneurial journey of starting your own business yeah. If you're out of your depth, then you are solving problem after problem all day long, every day. So I think that sort of ability to think creatively, think naturally, um and be really unafraid of solving complex problems has has been a huge benefit, yeah
0: yeah so why flowers because you guys have a pretty freaking awesome innovative business uh, when you think about buying flowers online it is not fun and sexy but you guys have made it amazing so where did that come um, from
1: yeah it's look it's a good question and I can, <laughs> we, we sort of look back and go why why flowers <laughs> and, and I think the truth is you know it didn't the idea didn't really um necessarily start with flowers or a passion for flowers. I mean, Verity and I had no experience with flowers when wow. we
0: started.
1: And I think um you know our our individual drivers were probably slightly different. For me, um it I really wanted the challenge of building a brand from the ground up and a business from the ground up. Um flowers was something that um you know, Verity had seen an opportunity around and felt strongly about, um, building into a business idea. But I think the way that we sort of wrapped all of those things together was more about purpose than product. So we wanted yeah. to build a business that was about spreading joy in the world, was about making people smile. Um, and flowers were really the facilitator for that. So, um, yeah, I'd say it was sort of a, it was a brand led idea. It was about you know, creating happiness. Um, we had no idea at the time that we were actually going to be building a logistics business. Yeah. Um, you know, we thought, and I think particularly for me coming from the UK and, and Verity had also spent some time uh, in London before we met, the market was very much more developed um, over in the yeah, UK. Yeah. So this idea of same-day delivery to me, didn't seem daunting or even, you know, naively looking back, I didn't think it was going to be a big problem that we needed to solve. And in fact, it was the biggest problem that we were going Mm. to solve. We just didn't know what lay ahead of us. Um, And it's funny, right? Because at the time, once we started sort of, I guess, it slowly started dawning on us (laughs) how big a role (laughs) this whole same day delivery was going to have to play in the idea, we were both a bit like, oh, God, I don't want (laughs) to do logistics. I don't want to do, well, who's going to look after logistics because this seems like so boring, Mm. and and, you know, but actually has been one of the parts of the business that I've enjoyed most is the challenge of really having to solve the logistics piece of the Mm -hmm. puzzle. It's been brilliant. Um, Wow. And, you know, to the extent where really that's actually, been the area where we've probably innovated the hardest and so now i think it's our delivery proposition amongst other things i think you know there's lots of things that make us different and unique but we're probably the only um not just business in the flower category but in retail in australia that offers you know seven days same day delivery order before 5 p.m for same day like it's yeah. an, an area that we've pushed really really hard into
0: yeah. Wow. I know. I saw that when I was, cause I ordered flowers from you guys before I ever met you or before we ever encountered our partnership that we have. And I'm like, there is no one that when you look it up, looks cool. And like, you're like, I want to send that, you know, and I know you guys say in your, on your website, like there's no like flammable teddy bears and like ugly, you know, balloons and things. It's really cute when you guys can pick these beautiful gifts that you would normally buy for your friend, a candle, some chocolate, something really nice. And I was like, this is so cool. And the delivery process and when it gets to someone and how you get informed and they call you. And uh, I mean, I've been living in Australia the same 11 years. And I know that the courier companies here (laughs) need some work. And it's the same in America. We have so much innovation and growth because there's so many people. Um, So I can't imagine how was when you guys had to overcome that, you know, so many of us, especially women, we doubt ourselves. We don't have the confidence. We might be looking to, you know, compare ourselves to other people. What is something that maybe you and Verity, was it helpful that you had each other? Um, was there ever a time in the beginning where you're like, screw this, it's too hard? Or like what kept you going through those difficulties?
1: I definitely think when you're in it together, it gives you um, an additional layer of incentive to keep going because you there's that commitment to each other to make it work. Yeah. Um, but I think also because... The business was sort of purpose driven from day one in in as much as you know this was about trying to spread a bit more happiness in the world. It was the purpose that kept us getting out of bed every day, yeah as opposed to um, you know selling flowers. Yeah, I think if yeah. it had just been about you know we want a biz we want to create a business that sells flowers we'd have probably got to, you know many times we'd have probably got to a crossroads where we just went oh this is just a bit too hard but I think yeah. it was the purpose and the desire to really build something that was kind of world class and that hadn't been done before so we were really driven by the challenge of that
0: yeah and it's the the why the feeling the experience that you're creating that's like keeps you going when shit hits the fan
1: yeah you know it's the the adrenaline it's the adrenaline rush of um creating you know calm after the chaos and figuring stuff out Mm. and I think I you know I, I I love that and I think it drives it drives both of us that idea of you know something seems undoable or it seems so complex but I think we've just been pretty determined and dogged in, you know, when it, this actually isn't rocket science we're, yeah. we're not, you know, we're not conducting brain surgery, there <laughs> have to be ways of making this work. And I think sometimes it's just that not taking no for an answer and yeah. pushing through. And if somebody else can't deliver something same day for us, well, you know what, fine. Until we figure out a better scalable solution, we're just going to do it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I, I don't think a lot of people
0: have it. that you guys, you guys got this. You're like, no, we're not going to give up. Cause I think that we hit a wall and you're right in business. I say this to my ladies. I'm like, you troubleshoot 24 seven. That's what called being, being an entrepreneur is is like problems and then more problems. And people are like, what do I do with these problems? And I think most people wouldn't see it that way. Where did you get that from? Do you feel like you always had that? Did you get that from maybe your upbringing or is that something that you kind of learned along the way that I'm going to
1: find a way and do it anyway? Um, I think God, that's a good question. I think for me, uh, yeah, it probably stem. Well, I think like anything, right? You're not necessarily born with it. It's it's the yeah. combination of things that you experience in life that give you either a certain perspective or a certain um, combination of skills. So I think for me, you know, certainly looking back to my childhood. I I always had this really strong work ethic. So I I I hated school. I never wanted to be at school. I was I felt like a square peg in a round hole the whole time I was there. I never felt like a fit in. I wasn't classically academic. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean I did fine at school, but I I didn't enjoy it. Um and mm. I think I rebe- I rebelled against it um pretty pretty hard. Um <laughs> so I think my work ethic certainly um has been a big driver for me and also i just think i learned you know through things you experience in your childhood it can help you build resilience and courage yeah and it's it then gives you a sense of kind of confidence to, to, go into uncharted waters. And so for me, certainly I think my childhood, you know, I saw my dad go through an entrepreneurial journey, Oh wow! sometimes have great success, sometimes have huge failures and the things that that then results in, you know, from a family perspective, you know, I saw my, my parents' relationship fall apart. I, you know, mm-hmm. I think, There were lots of things that were character, I'd say character building for me as a kid, like (laughs) experiencing, you know, um, in my sort of immediate family, you know, pretty significant um, mental health challenges, watching people struggle with, whether it's alcoholism, experiencing suicide. I think all of these things um, can just really help build a level of courage and resilience that you have no idea at the time, um, but they sort of come back as a blessing later in life
0: oh I feel you on that you're grateful for all those you know those hard times that build us and we're in a hard time right now where we're globally building some kind of resilience you know um yeah and now you have babies you have kids
1: I do I've got two so I've got a three-year-old boy and an 11 month old girl
0: oh you have an 11 month old oh my goodness I do high five sister oh <laughs> That's, yeah, I feel you. What do we have? Six and three, almost four. So hectic, hectic times. So, what do you feel for your kitties? Like, what do you think they're going to learn from you or see when they're watching their mom? You know, because obviously it takes us away and we're still doing our mother duties. But, like, when you're running a company and building a business, and you guys have a massive business, it's beautifully branded and it's all around Australia, right? You're tra- going all around Australia. Um, what do you want to teach them or what do you hope that they see from watching you that maybe you didn't get to see, or maybe you did see from your dad and what he built?
1: Um, I I really want my kids to understand how important it is to work hard in life. Yeah. Um, I, but you know, over more than anything, I, I just want my kids, I guess, to understand the importance of kindness. I think that is for me the most important thing. And probably, you know, that's what this business is built on. right? It's yeah. really sort of built on creating happiness through kindness. So I sort of, I hope that, you know, at some point in the not too distant future, as they get a bit older, they'll understand that for me, this wasn't just about building a big business because I'm not particularly driven by yeah. money. Yeah. Um, but I am driven by, you know, purpose and learning and development. So I I really hope that they understand um, those things as they, as they start to get older and and understand that this was about much more than just Mm. business.
0: Yeah. It's about like the feeling and supporting and looking after people and caring. And I love that the whole thing is about joy and happiness and wanting to spread that to people because The world needs that. I mean, it's always needed that. But now especially, how have you seen uh, the pandemic and the whole time through there shift your business and or shift how people um, do business with you guys?
1: Well, I think for us, like any business owner coming into COVID, we were terrified. We didn't know what it meant. We didn't know whether we were going to be standing our staff down. We didn't know whether we'd have Mm. a business to run. And really for us it probably within the first 48 hours um, of COVID becoming a thing in Australia and the first uh, lockdown, we realised that it it wasn't so much going to be a story of surviving but thriving and we yeah. were very, very lucky ones. Um, so business has absolutely boomed for us and I think in a funny way it's almost like lovely Was absolutely designed for a situation (laughs) to keep loved ones connected when you can't actually be there. We enable you to be there in a different way Mm. um, through the art of gift giving. And so, yeah, I think you know we we are more relevant than we've ever been, and it it put a lot of um, I think pressure on our model um, in terms of how quickly we had to scale. And we've always built this business to grow it, so the foundation there but you know we sort of grew uh, 500 percent over a 12-month period so we were kind of tracking like almost three years ahead of where we thought we'd be Um, and so yeah we had to rethink everything we were you know hiring people left right and center we were having to um double triple the size of our warehouse space because we needed to make sure that um we had, a, you know, very thorough, work-safe processes in place. The health and safety of our staff and customers was our number one priority through yeah. this and has continued to be through this whole period. Um, so we we really had to rethink everything we were doing. We were ordering, you know, much higher volumes of products through all of our suppliers than ever before, and that put a lot of pressure on them. But at the same time, because we've always had a commitment to using local Australian businesses, mm um it was what was a win for us then became a win for them so we create this little ecosystem around us so we were all thriving together and they were going above and beyond to keep up um with our demands so um yeah look I I like to think that there's been lots of businesses in sort of our little ecosystem that have thrived because we have over the last sort of 18 months
0: that is awesome Congratulations. High freaking five. See, this is <laughs>
1: Thank you. perfect time for us
0: to give a squeeze, a socially distanced hug. <laughs> wow, that's so exciting. And that's the thing, right? Like it depends on what business you're in and how you see this this time as this is horrible or this is same for us. We grew most in covid last year, like the 2020 2020- I think everybody needed a life coach <laughs> wanted to feel their feels, right? So um, we, I know it's not like that for every industry, but it's beautiful to see that your joy and happiness wanting to spread that, uh, it was able to be spread in a time where that's what we need to be spreading. Not, not viruses, but like love and joy and happiness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is awesome. And that's one of the things too, that like, I guess a business can either not grow and die or grow too fast. How did you guys... How was that for you, riding that roller coaster of like, oh shit, things are going fast, and we need,
1: we're doing really well, like, oh wow, things are growing.
0: Like, how was that for you guys?
1: Really hard. I feel like you know we look back on the last eighteen months, and you know that whole um, that whole saying, "What doesn't kill you makes you stronger," because there were at times I think Baz and I we felt like the business was killing us. We worked around the clock for over twelve months. Seven days a week, we were, you know, phys- physically, you know, const- constantly on our phones, our laptops, um, connected, you know, 16 hours a day. We were, yeah, for the hours we were pulling. I was heavily pregnant, um, and there were, oh, wow, oh my god, various- that's right, oh, wow, you were <laughs> pregnant, <laughs> and so it, it felt like a tidal wave, yeah, um. And I think, you know, in those circumstances, you. but but at the same time, we were very aware that this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a business yeah. like ours. So you either sort of let the current take you and go, we're just going to try and maximise this opportunity because we believe in the team and we believe in the foundation of the business and it's going to feel a bit wobbly at times. Um And I think looking back, that was absolutely the the right decision to make. I think the hard thing is, um, you know, as humans, nobody um, likes the unknown. Yeah. Change is scary. People don't like chaos. Um, But these are all of the things ultimately... To grow, you absolutely have to lean into because Mm. grow as a business and to grow quickly, you need to break things. You need to be okay with breaking things. And I think the thing is that as a team, we all leveled up dramatically over that Mm. time because we really lent into the opportunity and came out the other side with, you know, new team members, new processes, and absolutely a sense of we've got this and it's under control. Mm. But you kind of have to go through the chaos to get there. Otherwise, you've missed the opportunity. And so, I I, I think that was the great thing um, about last year was the way that we were able to lean into that as a team and come through the other side. And, and you know, really, that's about confidence. It's about yeah. it's about the confidence in yourself and the confidence in your people that even though there isn't a script. For mm. what you're doing and you haven't got a clear plan in place. Yeah, uh, that that's okay. But you've got to have trust and belief in yourself and your team that you'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, it's such a collective. Like me and my operations manager and my husband, because we all work together, we just like high five and go, "Holy shit, 2020!" Like, go team. You know, I feel like everyone got grey because of 2020. But you're right. You know, you. you Again, it's so important if you're listening and you have a business, you know, uh, Hannah and your entire team and and us and those of us that have a real why, a real desire and a depth that's not just about monetary um, Mm -hmm. and you're not just in it for the money. Then when these things happen, you're like, all right, let's go. You use that bit of energy that you have and you get excited because you get to help and serve people and celebrate and like you created more jobs. So I know you guys are still hiring, (laughs) you know, it's like you created more jobs and supported these farmers who really must have taken such a massive hit during this whole time.
1: Yeah, well, it was, um, I mean, I don't know whether it was serendipitous, you know, sometimes the universe has a a funny way of pointing you in a certain direction, but about, I don't know, it might have been 18 months, two years before COVID, we'd made a sort of strategic decision as a business to pivot our supply chain um, off to our flower supply chain um, to being local. So, not many people know that about 40% of the flowers bought and sold in Australia are imported from overseas. Um, wow. And, you know, they travel literally from the other side of the world, they're air freighted into Australia, so it creates a huge carbon footprint. You've had mm-hmm. flowers that have actually been harvested, you know, up to seven to 10 days before they even land with a wholesaler or a florist, let alone finally arrive with a consumer. So the wow. the, the lifespan of the product um, is already compromised. Because the biosecurity measures in Australia, they have to be treated um, with a highly toxic um, pesticide called methyl bromide, which is carcinogenic. It's, oh, it's banned yeah. in other places in the world. So, it, actually, there's quite um, there's quite an ugly sort of environmental footprint that sits around this industry we exist in. And the more we learned about that, the more we said, we really want to rebel against that. It's not good for the environment. It's not sustainable. And so we launched what we've um, trademarked as our paddock to posy supply chain with a real focus on sourcing local flowers. Now, of course, when COVID hit and suddenly imports couldn't flow freely into the country yeah we were so fortunate right that we already had these relationships and this focus in place because when there's huge spikes in demand it was it was only because we had pre-existing relationships with local wholesalers and growers that we were able to meet that demand for our customers so um you know, the universe sometimes you got works. looked after. Yeah, you're like, Thank yeah. You. <laughs> and, it, and it's in good stead, right? It meant yeah. being able to continue scaling our business regardless of what was happening with international imports. Whereas, you know, some other businesses in, in other categories virtually, um, you know, ground to a halt overnight because they couldn't um, access their product.
0: Hey, 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 this is a little intermission from me to you. I just really quickly wanted to invite you to pretty please head over to thequeenofconfidence.com forward slash podcast. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love for you to review it. Let me know what you think. I love honest opinions. It helps more women reach this podcast. So pretty please head over to thequeenofconfidence.com forward slash podcast podcast or go to Apple iTunes and leave me a beautiful little review. I would love and appreciate it. All right, sister, let's get back to the episode. And it's so crazy because with the events, like we have all of your beautiful jars that are labeled and you guys do customization and all this really cool stuff that I think is a great idea uh, for live events. And now I'm sure weddings, I think you guys work with people who are having weddings and all of the events have just, plummeted and it's so sad because I have my calendar this year Hannah is like bam 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 and now I'm like holy shit we need to COVID prove our business and you know events are not a thing now and it's so freaking sad it's it's
1: frightening yeah it's kind of like it's the new world we live in and we're all having to innovate in ways which we didn't ever expect to be innovative
0: Yeah. But I love this too, because I, I did a masterclass recently with this whole group of people in the events team and they were really low and really down. And, you know, I think we have to move through our our shock and our anger and our grief and our sadness and move into acceptance of what's going on. Right. And it sounds like you guys had to go through all that. Or maybe didn't even get to go through all that because you had to show up for your business and for the, the customers and I think it's crazy. But when you're in that space where you move through, you get into a space of creation and you can create for the new problem, you know, and now you could, if you're having a live event, send flowers to everybody who was coming to your event and do a virtual event. You know, you could send gifts. I think we we were having a retreat and I messaged your team and I was like, so many people can't come to our retreat because they're in restrictions. And it was really beautiful because they all got these like beautiful boxes that were like, Belle, I wish you were here. We miss you. And like, my ladies were like crying doing videos like, Erica, this is so lovely. And I'm like, thank you, lovely, for having my back, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it was, it was awesome. Like that could have just been like, oh, shit, you guys can't come. Sorry. But it was it just really was beautiful because we got across that feeling. So,
1: yeah, I think look, we're a business with a lot of heart. And mm. although we're a, we're a digital business, right, we're an e-commerce. We don't have any physical Stores our our brand and our product is very physical, and yeah. it's that 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 acts as the conduit between people. So, it is yeah, it it gives people the warm and fuzzies, and it can completely change somebody's day, completely change somebody's sentiment and feeling. So, yeah. it's it and it feels amazing for us to be part of that. We love it; it's what drives us.
0: Yeah, are you? Do you have a gift giving love language? i you know your love language
1: i, do. I think mine what's mine's acts of service oh
0: okay yes that's my husband <laughs> <laughs> nice nice i know it's it's nice when you it's a, if you if anybody listening has a friend with uh the love language of gifts make sure you go when we finish <laughs> go to the show notes we're going to give you a link so you can send some beautiful flowers um <laughs> But, yeah, it, it's so nice. It is nothing like that when you are feeling down or feeling forgotten or feeling sad and you get this beautiful box. And I got a box for my birthday, so I love you, team lovely, uh, and had confetti in it. And I was like, this is the best thing ever.
1: <laughs> uh, so nice. I think, like, sometimes it's this—it's the finishing touches. It's the small things as opposed. You know, mm-hmm. the flowers, for us, um, the flowers have only ever been part of yes. the experience. They're not yep it's the packaging it's the unboxing it's the customization it's the confetti it's all of that and I think it's that that kind of elevates the experience to something that's way beyond just flowers
0: yeah yeah it really is it makes you feel nice
1: hard to try and I guess perfect that over time Um, yeah Mm.
0: so what has gotten in the way of your confidence through this journey if anything and what do you do to keep creating confidence? And what do you do to keep showing up with confidence?
1: Confidence for me is something I've had to work really hard at. So as a child, I was incredibly shy. My parents would describe me as painfully shy. Um, and so I think confidence is definitely not something that I was born with, but it's something I've sort of worked hard at and learned how to foster for me, I think it's about um, understanding, uh, really understanding yourself, understanding the things um, where maybe you're lacking confidence and, and leaning into them and working really, really hard. Um, I think probably there are definitely times where I still doubt myself. Um, there are times where I have crisis of confidence and in those moments it's Always unquestionably about the people I surround myself with that get me back to the place I need to be. So, surrounding yourself with your cheerleaders and your radiators, the people that make you feel so comfortable about who you are, they make you feel as comfortable about all of the things that you're not as all of the things are. So I think that for me is really key. um, Coming back to figuring out who your tribe is and and spending as much time with them as possible.
0: Yeah. And what about for your kids, when you think about teaching your kids confidence, because I get a lot of moms and they're like, how do I make my kids be more confident? Obviously your babies are little, so they are, they are who they are right now, but growing up, how do you feel like as a mom, as a businesswoman, you can instill this into them or how we can, how more mothers can?
1: I think for me it's, um, you know, looking back to my childhood again, I'm, I was really blessed that my parents never made me feel like being shy was a problem. I awesome. was very, I was always encouraged um, and supported to be exactly who who I was and who I wanted to be. And so I think, you know, when I look at my kids now and my, my, my son, you know, sort of pivots from, he's a classic sort of three-year-old, he pivots from like, you know, the most confidence in the world to actually being somebody who's quite shy and, and vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> and I just really encourage him to go with the flow and so I guess adapt my parenting style and feedback depending on, you know, how he is on any given day because the last thing I want to do is, um, you know, make him feel like a confident person is who he needs to be
0: yeah
1: um, I think the important thing for me is learning is, is teaching my kids to be completely and utterly comfortable with who they are and then I think confidence is a ripple effect from mm. that, as opposed mm. to feeling like they need to act or behave in a certain way or you know there's so much in life which is about looking at other people and trying to make yourself more like them or keeping up with the Joneses. Mm. And that for me is the antithesis of what I want my kids to be. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that just breeds, um, self-doubt and self-esteem mm. issues.
0: I love that too. Cause I think we want to do something for them, but it's like letting them unravel and become who it is. They are and us accepting them, not trying to shift and change them, which is beautiful that your parents, you know, let you just be who you wanted to be, be shy or be outgoing or be, be you and and figure out who you're going to be in the world. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, they never, they describe me as painfully shy. Now we can all, on it and at the time you know they never put a label on it they never sort of were trying to prize me from behind their legs to push me people to say you know Hannah tell them who you are or ask that question and I think you know it just allowed me they allowed me to be me and I think it's actually that level of comfort with myself Mm. that it instilled has actually become probably one of my greatest assets and that's ended up being the thing that has allowed me to be so confident Mm. I'm just so comfortable in my own skin yeah and you're so not shy now you're like hey I'm doing this, um. <laughs> but I think that's right. There's mis- but people. People. Um, I always get the feedback, you know. But you're so confident and yeah, yeah, an extrovert. And I'm sure you get the same, right? And you're like, well, but actually, yeah, it wasn't for a really long time. And um, I guess I can come across as an extrovert, but actually, there's nothing I love or need more than time alone. Yeah, to recharge. Um, yeah and you know people can sort of misconceive I think you know there's misconceptions around your if somebody is comfortable with public speaking for example yeah you know I've had the feedback over the years oh but it's easy for you because you're good at it and I'm like well actually it's it's not, it, it's only easy for me now because, and it's, I still find it intimidating. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> It seems easy because I've put myself in so many situations that I felt uncomfortable in over the years to gain the experience and the courage to keep doing it. I've worked really hard at those things. So actually, it's not easy. <laughs> no, and, I, and, and so I think it's important that people are, um, that we're honest about that. So people understand that these things don't come easily.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing I share about. Well, the whole confidence feels like shit. It's like it does not feel good to do a TED talk. I'm sure it is extremely terrifying before you get on that stage, and then you'll be shaky, and then you'll do it, and then at the end you'll be like, "Oh, that was fucking awesome! I did amazing!" And people will go, "Great TED talk, Hannah!" And you'll be like, "Yeah, I killed it." But like right before you step on that stage, you are sweating and you are, you know, nervous, and and yeah. it's scary.
1: It takes it takes a lot of courage to put yourself in situations where internally you know you're absolutely shitting yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, and that ultimately over time build, builds builds confidence. But it's it's not without you know the effort and the hours that you put in to get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're going to fall down, everybody. It's going to hurt. And you just got to get back up, ride the bike again. So with confidence, one of the things for me, we we are a lot smaller of a business than yours. And we've just started hiring people. And I had my first lady, Nikki, who I hired, who I love. I was so scared, Hannah. I was like, oh my God, i got to hire a human and like be responsible for this human's pay. And she's got four children. And I'm like, I'm being responsible. And my accountant was like, Erica, you can hire two people. You can hire full. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is a lie. Because I just felt so like I'm happy to bring myself down and do my crazy business, but someone else. How did you feel or you and Verity feel like going, all right, we're going to hire humans or was that just a natural thing for you? How was that experience?
1: Yeah, look, it's an intimidating, it's like anything, you're putting yourself constantly out of your comfort zone, you're doing things you've never done before. It's a huge, I think, responsibility once you start, um, I guess, then being in some way responsible for other people's livelihoods because- every single person you hire into your business gives you another reason to get out of bed every day and make it work because suddenly we're not just doing it for Vez and I and because we've made a commitment to each other as co-founders, but we're doing it because we've got, you know, an amazing general manager and then you've got an amazing marketing coordinator and then suddenly you've got a team of 15 people and then suddenly you've got, you know, and it keeps growing. And and so every one of those people, you um, gives you an extra incentive to make it work. So I think over time what I've learned is to rather than feel intimidated and scared by those things, they just give me an extra layer of drive and I know it's the same for Vez right our team mm. is our everything. So yeah. we have a huge amount of commitment to them to make this business work. And I think the other thing we learned is it's it's okay to be vulnerable with your team about how scared you are about the business growing and about mm. commitment to them as employees because it just fosters this sort of shared sense of commitment and and a lot of the a lot of our team have been with us since the early days I think we've been so collab- so collaborative about how we've built the business they feel like founders yeah so we su- you you suddenly are sharing the weight yeah. <laughs> of, of of this of this thing that you're creating because everybody feels so invested in and in, in making yeah. work.
0: Mm.
1: But it's hard. Like it never. I don't think that it never goes away. It never feels easy, and it um it's always going to feel scary.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And but yeah. I think it's a good thing, right? Because I think the day that you become nonchalant about those things is probably the start of the end
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's true I'm someone that likes to I'm a manifesting person and I love to say like when I do this thing not like if and I always say when and my husband said if and I'm like when you know and (laughs) so I'll speak to my team that's not full-time yet but they're gonna be full-time and then I'll I'll be like you know because I want you to be full-time he's like honey don't say that yet. And I'm like, no, we have to, we have to believe in our dream. We have to speak it. We have to tell people, we have to be like, I'm going to be on Oprah's couch. I'm going to be doing this. And I think we have this fear of like, what if I say it and it doesn't happen? And it's like, well, then why are you even thinking about that? You haven't even, it's almost like we try to give up or think of the worst case scenario before we even have tried because of this fear of failing and caring what people think. And I'd love to know from you and from Verity, you know, do you help each other with that? Or are you both on the same page of, you know, forget what people think about us. We're just going to do this. Has that ever kind of bothered you in the beginning of like, what are people going to say if this doesn't work? Or what does my family think or my husband? Or how have you guys ever overcome that, that caring about the opinion of others, the good opinion of others as well? They're trying to, most people love us, but
1: Oh, it's it's hard. I'd be lying if I said that we there weren't times where we'd sat down and both being concerned about you know what what will people think if it you know if it doesn't work and also I think at times you know especially with tall poppy syndrome what mm. will people think if it does work yeah who, yeah. who are we to succeed and make this so good and so it's funny right because sometimes it swings in both directions yeah yeah Um, and I think that's something we've also had to work hard to overcome but you know that Vez and I very much on the same page in that we've always had a glass half full um approach to the business we've always believed in the vision and purpose of what we're trying to do of course there's times where you have to and I think it's important actually to question yourself as a founder "Mm, it, it is it right to keep pushing because I think sometimes too much blind faith that something's going to work can actually be totally painful, right so mm. it, it's almost like you can't have blind faith but you have got to maintain a sort of level of positivity optimism and that man you know the idea of manifestation it's so important mm. and, and really you know I guess it, if you want to label it in a, you know, if you want to look at it through a different lens, that idea of having a vision and being able to clearly see in your own mind where this business is going, the potential for it, what you want it to look like, how many people you want to employ, what your product's going to look like, what people are going to say about your business. Yeah. I always kind of, um, whenever I was working in the creative industry and I was trying to sell an idea into a client, I always used to think about, I always used to try and write the press release, for this is what people are going to be saying about this idea or this thing when it works. Yeah, always the best way to get somebody to really see a vision and buy into an idea is this is what people are going to be saying about this when it works. And I think, Mm. you know, we still do that to this day. It's it's how you build a vision for a business. It's how you create a strategic roadmap. So if you can't manifest that idea in your head, I think you've got a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love the visual. I'm also very visual. I will be like in the shower or driving my car or when I could drive further than 5k and I would, <laughs> I would fully like, I've already been to my Ted talk. I know that sounds crazy, but I've already been on the stage. I've seen the people I've felt it. I'm in the outfit. I'm on the red thing. Like, and and then you say whatever you say in your head, or I'll record myself saying something. And then I I let it go, but I've uh, what is, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza calls it a mind rehearsal or mind movie. And you just rehearse yourself winning and and like doing it. And then the day comes and I might not say the same thing I said while I was driving down the street, but like, I'm like, Oh my God, that was what I had imagined it. And then more, you know, so manifesting is super important. Um, we have to, I mean, if we don't believe how's it going to happen, right? I totally agree. We're the keepers of this thing. So, if you if someone's listening to this and they're starting out and they're like how do i do this what would you say what's maybe like the best business advice that you could give someone who is wanting to go their own way and build something uh in this world that we're in right now
1: i think it would have to be um it's a sort of about anti-perfection. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I I'm, I'm very anti-perfection. Um, I, I think it's about just getting started. And I think the more that you try and make something perfect, the more that you try and have a detailed plan and perfectly executed roadmap, the higher the chance of you not doing anything. Um, because... When you build something, you're constantly optimizing, iterating, you know, making it different. You'll fail at a bunch of things. That's really important because it, it, it helps you figure out what you do need to do. Mm. So I think it, it's having the confidence to do things imperfectly um would be the thing that I look back on and I'm I'm glad that we did start lovely in all of the ways that we did because it was certainly imperfect and it continues to be imperfect and I really hope that there's never a day when it is perfect um because it probably means that we've stopped innovating um and we've got too hung up on the small things and process and we'll probably just stagnate so you know i Long live an imperfect lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so
0: much. It's so true. We get caught up with things being right. And I, one of my mentors used to say, like, don't fall in love with your product or service. Like, don't fall in love with it because you then you just can't see. You just have these, you know, rose colored glasses. Like, everything is amazing. And it's so great. And like, I can't not do that anymore. That's who we are. And it's like, no, we can change and shift and evolve. I love that so much. Where did that come from, Lovely? Just out of curiosity, the name because it's L V L Y.
1: Yeah, Um, it literally just something that I that came from my head. I don't know. I love it. I love it. I um, and the name originally came. I was working on. um, I was helping my husband. He wasn't my husband at the time, but he was um, working on another startup, and they were looking for a, a brand identity and a name. And so I actually came up with. The name and sort of the, the playfulness around the tone of voice, not for us at all, um, wow. but more for lamb. They didn't decide to <laughs> to use <laughs> <Thank> it, <you. laughs> um, and and so thankfully, you know, we were able to um, breathe life into into the name and the brand in a totally different way. And I'm I'm so glad we did because I think it's such a it's such a um, plays such a big role in the business we built and who we are.
0: Yeah, I feel like your brand is so established and so well put together. And so uh, it has its own ecosystem almost. Like I can really see it and feel it and understand it. So many people want to create something like that. And I don't know, did you guys spend a lot of time before launching, like getting the brand, the camp, like getting that together so that when you launched, it was like, this is who we are. This is what we're about. Or was it like in pieces?
1: I think it was... And, again, I, yeah, so we spent a lot of time on it. It, it was still very imperfect. You know, we yeah. look now and we cringe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all do. <laughs> In actual fact, the brand part of it was probably the most well-thought-out part of the whole thing. Nice. It's like, you know, like, we look back and we didn't spend anywhere near enough time on pricing strategy, business model, figuring out our products. Like, you know, we made some really um, – naive decisions but the brand was the one thing that we had really spent time sort of mapping out and in fact it was a strategic thing around building a brand that would create momentum and drive word of mouth because in the early days it was the pr off the back of our playful brand it wasn't flowers people were writing about mm-hmm. it wound and it was the cheekiness and it was the fact that it made people smile and it was the fact that it cut through all of the other cliches yes in the market so it it was the brand that did all the talking for us right and yeah built of its own um so yeah i think that was absolutely intentional
0: yeah good i felt like it was i was like with your background you know what you're doing um i think that i feel like as well in this world of social media and there's so much noise. I wouldn't say competition because I don't believe in competition, right? Because you're unique and no one can do what you can do if you do it your way. But there's so much noise and there's so much stuff that we get caught up with when we're trying to launch businesses. And I think that it feels like you guys really intentionally built that. And we're like, this is who we're going to be out there. So that when you did figure everything else out, the people watching just go, yes, I want to be a part of this. I believe in this. I, I, you know, and I think it's such a big part that we miss. We worry about like a logo or like our Instagram bio, and I'm like, or a website that nobody goes on, (laughs) like most people are not going to go, they go to your Instagram, right? So how do you feel like um, maybe social media and and branding and all of that helped you guys? Because six years now, you guys have been around
1: too.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: But look, I think social media played like lots of businesses that started around the same time as a social media played a huge part in helping build our business and drive momentum. I I think also we're lucky because we, in, you know, in the gifting category and in the flower category, it's kind of the type of, even if you haven't got a great brand, it's still the type of product that people like to share on social, right? Because Mm. it makes us feel good that somebody sent us a gift and we want to them and so there's a there's a natural kind of virality to the category we're in that people will share gifts they've received i think for us that was kind of like a virality on steroids because we also yeah. have- <laughs> and, you know when you're putting out jars that say you lovely fucker or have best a lovely- jar or, you know it's just it, it's it's Instagram worthy, yeah, and yeah. so I think it definitely it it hundred percent it sped things up for us um, because we had so intentionally created um, the brand in that way, and I think we just wanted to be authentic, right? We wanted mm. to be we wanted the brand to almost be like a mate to talk to our customers as we would our friends to yeah. say cheeky and playful things that would make people giggle and laugh to not take ourselves too seriously yeah and i think it's worked for us
0: it totally has worked you guys have to check out in the show notes their instagram i'm going to pop it in there um it's worked because i think people feel i feel like you have a beautiful community as well and as soon as you get these flowers or you send them, you, you, your any gift that you guys sell on your on your website, you feel like you're a part of this community, a part of this joy. You know, you watch it and I love your stories because it's always people resharing, you know, just beautiful things that they've gotten and they've got a big smile on their face. And if you feel like shit, definitely go check out lovely stories because <laughs> just pretend they were sent to you. It feels really nice seeing that, you know, and it's not just this, let me tell you about these roses, you know, it's like it's so much more like you say then the flowers. It's about the entire brand and the people that are receiving and sending this. So you guys have done such an amazing job on, on social media, because I think it's a big part, plays a big part, um, in consumers and the people receiving it and just feeling like you're a part of something.
1: I think, I think the thing is sort of underneath the layer of social media though, you know, as a brand, you've really got to back it up. So it's not just what you say, but it's how you treat people. Mm. So for us, because you know, it's not like we've got. Um, we don't see customer service as a department for us because our whole business exists to make people happy. Yeah. It's actually part of everybody's job in the business. Whether you're Fez or I, whether you're making flowers, whether you're packing boxes, whether you're a delivery driver, whether you're working on order management, it doesn't matter who you are. We're all we all know we're there yeah. to make people happy, right? So if it wasn't for such an emphasis on world-class customer experience and going above and beyond to make every experience amazing. Mm. And I don't think that would come through in social media, right? So yeah. I think it's it's everything that goes on behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, we really will, as a business, we will do whatever it takes for a customer to have a positive experience. So if a customer hasn't had a positive experience, which happens sometimes mm-hmm. is that's life. And we're here. Yeah. Um, then we will rip up the rule book of, you know, our guidelines or our T's and C's. Like when we are not that company that will refer you to our terms and conditions, Yeah, if, <laughs> even though obviously we have, you know, we have to have terms and of, conditions. Course, legal of course, point of view. um, you know, and our, our terms and conditions will say, you know, if you enter the incorrect address while checking out and therefore, your product is delivered to the wrong address we cannot be responsible for that yeah. However, we're human and if somebody calls us and they're devastated because they've entered the incorrect address yeah. their friend didn't you know their friends having a terrible day or they've lost somebody and they wanted them to get the flowers then we're like okay we're going to be human about this yeah. all we really care about is that you have a great experience so either we'll refund you or in most cases you know whether it's a refund whether it's a re-delivery whether it's both we don't refer back to terms and conditions. What we refer back to is the person we're speaking to on the phone or via email. How are they feeling? How have they experienced our brand? And if it's not good, come hell or high water, mm. we'll try and make it good. Yeah. And I think that. I think that's pretty unique. I don't think there's a lot of businesses out there that think like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's heaps of people scared, and Gary V talks about it a lot. Scared to have a public profile on social media that people can comment and say stuff. And it's like, I hated that, that delivery was shit. I give you one star. Like how great if you could see a client that says that right there on your Instagram and be like, Hey, Hannah, I'm so sorry. Uh, Erica's going to call you now or message you and we're going to fix this. Like how gorgeous, like that's beautiful that we can do that versus someone doesn't say anything back in the day and they just don't buy from you or they tell 50 people how shit you are um, at a cafe because there's no social media. So I think we really can use social media and I love the integrity and the support you guys have. And I don't even know if you know this, cause it's not at your level, but someone from your team helped us because something about WA that we couldn't do. And someone in your team was like, Hey guys. And I don't think she even knew who we were, but she's just like, this is what we can do for you. And she like organized this whole special box and 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 made it work for us and it was out of the ordinary um and we didn't expect that so we were like oh my god they're amazing you know and it was just that kind of support and I think that you don't get to where you are you and Verity so congratulations and I acknowledge you for what you guys are doing because it is that integrity and that care for that one person not about getting more customers but it's about people who we have are they happy and are we doing a good job and if we're not what can we do for them Um, that is extremely unique and there's so many businesses who miss the mark and who get into their ego and who go to their restrictions or their t's and c's and at the end of the day it goes back to your values which is we're about bringing happiness and joy so you can see that
1: thank you yeah it's good to know that 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 comes through and I I look I think it's kind of ironic you know the people that think that social media is the enemy or or that reviews are the enemy like it's not social media that's the enemy like if you've got any unhappy customers you're you're your own worst enemy yeah (laughs) don't worry about social media worry about making your customers happier or your service is shit or your product better or figure that out it's um that's the problem yeah. right? You say the customers just, they might not tell anybody, but they're just not going to come back. And exactly. so that's a really expensive business to build when people, mm-hmm. the <laughs> because the experience is so crap. So Yes.
0: Yes. Get on the value of responsibility. That's the one in our business. And everyone's like, I'm sorry that happened. I'm like, it's, I, if I can probably bring it back to something that I didn't do. And I always take responsibility when something goes wrong in my business, it's my I don't want to say it's my fault, but it's my responsibility to figure out why that happened and how we can fix it. And I think it's a great way for us to operate our businesses with that responsibility because then we can change it. Right. Yeah. If something's wrong, we can be like, sorry, we'll fix that up. So you guys are doing an incredible job. What is next for you? What is, what is happening in the world of lovely now or to come?
1: There is so much going on. With lockdown. <laughs> so Last year was crazy, right? And most of the time for last year, we just had one state in lockdown. Um, yeah. Recently been dealing with our first triple lockdown across three states. So business is busier than ever, but we've never wanted to be a business that sort of sits back and take orders at the same time. We're still trying to make sure that we've got a sustainable um business model that's going to grow beyond covid yeah so we've been rolling out you know last year we rolled out seven day delivery so we went from five days to seven days we've pushed back our order cutoff, so you can now it used to be ordered by 2 p.m for the same day now it's ordered by 5 p.m for the same day we're yeah. doing these four locations we'll be expanding our same day delivery into other cities across australia we're also um about to launch a pretty significant product like range extension cool. um in, in the next 12 months we'd like to trial our first uh international market so girl a lot, that is ginormous there's a, lot, there's a lot going on um in the business oh that makes me really happy that's awesome thank you
0: yes you deserve it you guys are incredible um well, a
1: massive team effort right i mean um there is so many people working alongside Baz and I to make it happen and yeah. you know, we, there's absolutely no way we could do it without them.
0: That's really exciting, though, because it makes me like if anybody is listening to this and is like, you're my hero, Hannah, I'm I'm thinking that over here, like I can't wait to have a marketing person. I can't wait to have someone that does that because you have all these ideas when you you want to make things happen. But I think if you're listening to this and you're just starting out and you have big visions like Hannah or myself or anybody out there that's listening, you know, it's you kind of doing the one thing really well and, and staying focused on your vision and what you want. Really takes you far away because then you can start growing and expanding. And I think sometimes people start with one idea and then they do 17 other things. And then we can never really go deep into the rabbit hole of that one thing that we wanted to do. And you guys have done that. So now look at what you're about to do. I have no doubt you're going to kill it internationally. It's going to be incredible.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, look, fingers crossed. Baby steps. We'd like to we'd like to try one overseas market. Um, you know, because we know we get we're going to open up a whole new you know yeah. series of problems and fuck ups and headaches. Yeah. <laughs> we so, you know we want kind of want to sort of tiptoe into one overseas market, figure out what all the pain points are going to be. Um and just sort of learn, learn to walk before we can run there, I guess. So, but it's, look, it's exciting. It is.
0: It keeps it fun. Like I, I am always energized and excited by the crazy things we want to build a school. And I'm like, I feel like it's going to be my third baby. And I almost kind of want to throw up in my mouth when I think about it, but I'm also like, this is going to be so exciting. You know what I mean? So it's like that kind of drive to have these. And I think it's important that we keep having big goals and big dreams and shit that scares us because if not, then it's just flatline. We get bored and, and we get Absolutely. complacent. Yeah. We got to keep pushing.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, it's important that you still feel excited because yeah. In the moment you stop feeling excited about new challenges in the business and the moment you start feeling dread or like it's all too hard is the moment that you know you probably, or I imagine that's the moment that you need to step away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, excitement, fear is, I think, <laughs> they're, the right, they're the right emotions to be feeling.
0: Yeah. Mix all the ingredients together. Yes, equals entrepreneur. <laughs> So Hannah, how can those that are listening find more about Lovely, find out more about you guys? Where can we go?
1: So you can head on to our website, which is lovely. So lvly.com.au. You can check us out on Instagram, which is just hello underscore lovely.
0: Thank you so freaking much, woman. You are incredible. I really, really honor you and appreciate you. And Verity, we're sending you all of our love. And here's to more success for you guys.
1: Well, thank you, Erica. It's been a great chat. I've loved doing it.
0: my business sister. What's good? Listen, I'm talking to you if you run a business, if you want to grow a business, if you are running a business and you want to scale that thing and you want to grow it. Listen, I have created our business from zero dollars, literally scrounging for coins so that we could buy bread for our family. And within three years, we've made over a million dollars in our business, have a global program, and we're making an impact around the world. And I do what I love. Okay? I do not work a day in my life. I love what I do. If you are wanting to grow or scale your business, I have a free masterclass that I recorded, a video, I have to say myself that shit is fire. It is fire and it is called why you're not making money in your business. So be sure to head over to thequeenofconfidence.com forward slash bizmentoring or click into the show notes of this podcast episode. It is such an amazing masterclass. I gave everything I had. I gave actual things, tips, tricks, tangible actions, steps that you can take and important things that you need to know if you want to grow and scale a business to success with integrity integrity with authenticity. That is important, right? Like we need to be growing and making businesses that feel good where we're doing good work. And it's not just about the money. There's nothing wrong with money. Don't get me wrong. We love money, but you need to be making your impact and doing something that feels good to you. I don't believe that we should hate our jobs just to get money. No way. You can leave an impact on the world. You can create money and wealth in your business, abundance and impact. And what I like to say is more money, more impact. The more money you can create as a woman the more impact that you can have on this planet and let me tell you do we need the impact so head to the queenofconfidence.com click on biz mentoring there is a free masterclass there or click into the show notes here on the podcast get it while it's hot it is such a great masterclass i hope that you love it and i hope that it helps you grow and scale your business